Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsen, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. My guest today is a colleague, Hanna Nova Beatrice, is the founder and editor-in-chief of the New Era magazine, Scandinavian magazine on interiors that launched last year. I've known Hanna for a long time. Our careers have sort of been in tandem. We have worked on the same Swedish lifestyle magazines, albeit never at the same time. So it feels only fitting that we both launch our own new independent magazines just within weeks from each other. The New Era magazine is a beautifully crafted print product about the way we live and how we use the spaces around us. In the first issue, they ask some really great and important questions about sustainability and the future of the design industry. Hanna is also a curator, moderator, and quite an icon in the design industry with a huge network. And we talk about the future of her platform, which, hint, she wants to take it slow. I'd like to thank the Helio co-working space for letting us use their podcast studio. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive exclusive content and invites. Log on to ScandinavianMind.com to get our newsletters at least three times a week. Here now, my conversation with Hanna Nova Beatrice. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Hanna Nova Beatrice, founder and editor-in-chief of The New Era magazine. Hanna Nova, thank you so much for being here. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you, Conrad. I'm so excited about this because uh, it's a new magazine. It's a new magazine launched out of Stockholm, Sweden, uh, it, you know, within weeks from the launch of, of Scandinavian Minds. So I feel like we're sort of uh, uh, <laughs> working in tandem here in a way. And... Um, I also feel like our careers has has done sort of the same thing. We've worked at sort of the same magazines, never at the same time. We sort of switched it up. So uh, maybe there's some kind of a synchronicity here that's uh, that the universe tells us. But I've always been a huge fan of your work, and congratulations on this beautiful new product, launching a new magazine in the interior design space. Um, I, I would like to start with just the name, the new era. What do you mean by that? Actually, uh, that is a name that started, it's been with me for quite some time. It's not a pandemic name, mm. actually, because the idea of the magazine sprang out of a book idea that I had with Swedish designer Emma Olbers. Uh, we wanted to do a book on sustainability. This was years back. Uh, and uh, we eventually, you know, ended up using this name as a work title. And eventually this became developed into a magazine uh, with a little bit of a different agenda. But it had kind of some kind of source uh, still from the book idea with mm. with it. So it's not it's very easy to think, OK, this is a great name. This is such a pandemic name. Um but it's not actually. It just happened that way. So tell me, you know, I'm sure the pandemic you launched during 2020, I'm sure that played a big role in shaping the, the end product. But I'm curious about this idea before then, because, okay, so you had this idea called the new era. You've been working in the design space as an editor for, for some of the biggest interior design magazines in Sweden, or the biggest. Um, uh, I, what was it that you saw that you wanted to sort of convey with this, okay, initially book, 
but ended up being a magazine? Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to do something that touched upon sustainability, not in terms of, uh, more in terms of how we live mm. uh, and how we use our homes and ideas of living, not excluding anything, but but I was kind of missing that. And if if I was going to write about that and search out that, I needed also to do a magazine that I believed had that quality, that was uh, printed on sustainable paper, uh, that was printed locally in Sweden, that had the quality that I think is the future and the only reason uh, for anyone to buy a print magazine today. So so that vision has been with me for quite some time and, and, and ended up being that product. So I worked for great publishers throughout the years and I've done some great products, but... The product that I dreamt of doing, I had to do it on my own. It mm. wasn't, I don't think it's uh, something that the big publishers are that interested in because I was not going to compromise with anything. So t- talk to me about that difference. What what can you do with this magazine, both in terms of, uh, I guess, the format and, and so forth, but, but the content, uh, the type of stories that you can tell? What's the difference between, say, like a traditional monthly or like a more commercial interior design magazine? I think the biggest difference is um, where I worked, uh, the publisher I worked with at the latest, they were great to me and I could do a beautiful annual magazine that had the quality that I uh, that I wanted to achieve. But it was annual uh, and and they, they, I mean, they, their focus wasn't to distribute outside of Scandinavia. Whereas I think if you're going to do something this beautiful, uh, the audience is is international and not just in Sweden. So it, that that's not that was actually the main thing to mm. to to be able to produce without compromise in terms of quality. It's too expensive to print in Sweden. Uh, you don't make too uh, too much profit. So for a big publisher, that that's a bit tough. But I wanted to do it in my way. So that, that's that been the main thing. Um, in terms of content, I wanted to do something that had more voices. So uh, it didn't have a set agenda in terms of colors or uh, certain types of homes. It, it, it was much more wide <coughs> in, in topics and... We could go to a farm or we can go to an artist. Uh, we can go to a newly built uh, house that is super expensive uh, with a top-notch architect. It didn't have to fit one single agenda. Mm. That's that's super exciting. I'm, I'm actually holding the magazine now. I just wanted to have the physical product with me. I'm sure it weighs uh, somewhere around one kilo. Or, or Very true. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you made that to be under the one kilo. <laughs> we did that with Snake with, with previous magazines. It was over one kilo and the postage was, was different. It's actually over one kilo with uh, with a certain type of envelope. So okay. we have to be very uh, careful with, with what envelope to use. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So tell me about the, the the format and the the team you're working with. It's it's a thick, it's a it has kind of like a bookish feel. The copy that that I got hold of had this sort of a, a cardboard envelope around it, which was very beautiful. Um, what was it about the the packaging that you wanted to achieve? 
I wanted it where I worked previously, and which is also very typical of, of Scandinavia, I would say at the moment, is a very beige, grey um, uh, colour scheme. Mm. So I wanted to do something totally different. I wanted to uh, work with a lot of different great photographers that had different language uh, and really push the colours, not and and that with that you have to have great printing otherwise it doesn't work uh, and I wanted to dare to use colors and to be honest the only country the only distributing country that has been complaining slightly uh, is actually Denmark where some shops are saying oh that doesn't fit our color scheme so and I love that because mm. then that means there's nothing out there in the interior design world that that is a strong and they will they will they will come to it i will be fine i'm i'm confident if you're going to do something uh, which is a huge investment as well you have to do something that's not already out there so that was my my uh, main goal and i work with uh, an art director swedish art director super competent uh, eleanor anderson i didn't know her beforehand um, i asked so many people to recommend um, different art directors to me i wanted someone that hadn't worked with interior magazines before um, and i mean the second i met her i loved her mm. so um, so we started to work uh, together quite recently, to be honest. And uh, before we printed the magazine, we actually hadn't showed one single page to anyone. So when we sat there in our small, small office, we were super scared. We realized, oh my God, don't you normally show this to so many people? And I'm used to having a big team around me and people, you know, have lots of opinions. So this first issue is really uh, our baby, um, and but it was conceived well. Right. right. And today we we also have uh, uh, an editor, uh, Jonna Dagliden Hunt, that I worked with for mm. ages before, and uh, so she's with us part time now, and she will enter, step up after maternity leave a bit more. That's great. So, just to uh, cover the 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 setup and the business model a little bit, you're doing uh, qu- quarterly, right? Yeah, Four that's right. A year. Yeah. Uh, and it, how, how many pages? Plus two hundred pages, right? Yeah, it's it's a heavy thing. So uh, you sell this, and you, you mentioned bookshops, uh, also subscriptions. So we actually have a great uh, setup in terms of distribution, and I've worked a bit with that before uh, on an international level. So mm. it was um, it was quite easy to set up. Um, so we're working with one major big distributor worldwide. Uh, we have one distributor which is more for bookstores, which is also worldwide. We have Tidsam uh, uh, in uh, Sweden and we have a Scandinavian distributor as well. So these distributors work alongside each other and it makes sure that we can have uh, we are found today with the first issue in small niche shops like Excellent ones, you know, like Do You Read Me in Berlin, mm. which which is, is, is a great shop. And there's so many of these shops around the world. And also in the in the big chains like Barnes & Noble in the States. And so, so that, you know, we really reach uh, then consumer. And that's been very important to me. And on top of that, also we sell subscriptions uh, 
from from our site, which uh, which was a totally new experience to me and <laughs> quite uh, quite a bit of an eye opener. Uh, my <laughs> kids have helped me. We've had an office at home, um, but it's been great because you also see in a pandemic where you can't launch something physical. Uh, people still find you all over the world and, and they buy subscriptions without having seen anything of the magazine because we're quite uh, careful with what we show online and in social media uh, from the printed matter. And that's amazing. And some some companies are buying like three, four subscriptions to New Zealand, to wherever. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Mm. And it brings me hope. <laughs> that's, that's great. So... Let's talk about the uh, the stories you are telling in this magazine because what I found the mo- I mean obviously the format the beautiful photography and, and the, the the paper stock and everything all that's the beautiful packaging but what I found so fascinating about this which I th- really think is um, the one thing that really separates it from a traditional uh, monthly and I've worked on monthlies I know how it works it's a very sort of it fundamentally a commercial operation it's about you know inspiring people to buy more furniture to their homes or kitchens or bathrooms or, or whatever it is that's the sort of the commercial engine to it um which which i mean a, a talented editor can balance those things and i think you have but but with this one i i i really feel like you you're asking questions in a much more fundamental way uh, and I really want to dive into this because you're really talking about what does it, what do our spaces mean to us, and what does it mean to create these environments around us? Uh, tell me about that process in finding those questions, you know, bringing in different voices, as you said, uh, to to answering them, because that must have been a big part of the the process. I think it comes down to me being super interested in this myself, in the topics. Uh, I am so much, I'm really interested in design and space and how it affects us. Not just, I've I've done so many magazines where uh, I wouldn't say it's just about surface, but it's very much about the look and the aesthetics. And that is super important, but you also have to remember how much a space affects us and Mm. that interior magazines very rarely brings that up and if you want to read about that you then have to find another type of magazine so where can you find the balance that is not uh, you know only to people working in the business or to a consumer where is the middle ground where can I read about this where it's still a bit lightweight uh, but it makes it a little bit more interesting and inspires to further reading. And that's what I wanted to find. And I have a big network of uh, great journalists uh, in Sweden, but also abroad. For, I've lived abroad for many, many years. And uh, and I brought some of them in to contribute. And we have a great piece in the first issue, uh, where, which Hugo MacDonald wrote uh, on owning uh, what what does things mean to us? What does the objects and furniture we use uh, in our homes? What 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 does it mean to us? And what do we collect today? Uh, and it's it's interesting because we have a relationship to furniture and to objects and and definitely to owning. And that in itself, uh, you know, is a question about sustainability as well. What what changes do you see? What what ideas have you you know discovered when when working on this issue? 
well, this issue was obviously super colored by uh, by the pandemic uh, in one way because we couldn't visit people in in their homes as easily mm. as as you normally can do. Uh, but also in terms of how we used use our homes and and uh, how we were affected by not seeing each other uh, in public spaces and seeing family. So and also how the industry and the design furniture industry mainly uh, was affected. So a lot of these thoughts went into the first issue, um, and they, they were important. Thoughts because they also touch on sustainability and and uh, and such. So um, these 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 topics felt so natural. But I think for the second issue that we're working on now, it's we're still asking a lot of questions. Mm. But we never ever point fingers or or say this is how you should live or this home. We featured this home because that's that's interesting from from a sustainability angle but we don't feature that no we want to show the width mm. so let's talk about sustainability what 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 are some of the things that need to happen in your mind uh, in the design industry today i think there are great things happening and i think the only good thing that the pandemic brought with it is uh, was supposed to reconsider and to speed things up in terms of how uh, how we produce things mm. and how we communicate. So the digital side uh, have been uh, in great focus, but also many companies are looking at, you know, the whole business model. And it's not just from a sustainable point of view, uh, but, you know, where, where do we produce? Should we produce local? Should we bring it back to Sweden? Is that better? It's... Should we, or Denmark or, or wherever wherever it makes sense to produce. Um, so it's it, everyone has questioned their business models, and that's that's important. Right, right. Do you have do you have any favorite examples? Any favorites like designers or companies that really do something that that others should should look at? I think the Norwegian company Vestre is very interesting. Mm. That's a role model, I would say, in the industry. Uh, it's a huge company, so. Uh, it's great to see them doing these uh, these changes with their new factory that they are opening soon. Um, but in the smaller scale, we also see a lot of small furniture companies in Sweden, where we are based, uh, thinking about producing in Sweden. How do we do that? We have we have small companies launching in February this year that are basing their entire business model on everything down to the smallest screw has to be made in Sweden. Mm. And it's great to see that energy. And I wouldn't say it stems only from the pandemic, but again, it sped things up. Mm. I think my, I mean, you know the industry much, much more better than, than, than I do, but my sort of sense is that the furniture uh, industry has been kind of slow to adapt to a more digital sort of business model and i'm, I'm sure it, it it it's about these because it's pretty big clunky physical objects right i'm sure that are in a way easier to consume or at least experience in a, in the physical um physical space um but 
but you know, I, you know, I've been working both in in fashion and design, and fashion was much earlier on to to catch on to to the to sort of uh, uh, you know e-commerce or e-commerce and everything. Whereas I've seen for the past year some sort of furniture companies saying, "Oh, we're not going to do e-commerce yet for a, or for a few years." And I was being really surprised by that statement. For a few years? I mean, this is 2020, <laughs> 2019. I've been talking to us like, what's, what's going on? What's your general take on this? Has this been sped up during 2020 or, or is there more work to be done? I think what you're saying is uh, correct. Um, I mean, it's uh, we're dealing with the, the furniture industry. So it's big objects. It's uh, people want to see it. It's bigger investments in many cases. It's not things you send around and return very easily. And uh, so, of course, that is a totally different industry. Um, but saying that, we have seen some, very few, but some, uh, some companies uh, starting from from the digital side straight away, and they they've had a great uh, opportunity now to really show their muscles. Mm. Um, there is still some work to be done, uh, totally. But I think the communication models has been what they worked on the most during uh, the last one year that I've seen. I mean, they have to reach out in a, in a different way and communicate with the readers in mm. a different way, mm. find new platforms. And that that work has been done. And I think we will see in the months to come uh, what the, the different Scandinavian companies will uh, will show us. Mm. Uh, but that's, I know that's, that's going on. That's work being done in terms, and I think also in terms of production, but that's uh, where they put a lot of focus. But I don't think, I think there's some years. There's some work to be yeah. done. No, I mean, and, and a worry, kind of a worry I have, you don't have to comment on this if you don't like, but is that you, you do see some some kind of like e-commerce players that are moving really fast and that are sort of taking position. And my worry there is the ones that are most keen on e-commerce and, and sort of catching the consumer in the, I don't know, the, the their Instagram uh, feed or something like that. They're not the most design-driven. They're not the most sustainability-driven. They're not the most sort of caring for the, the the production and the designer and doing sort of original work. And this is a, uh, it really worries me about the the type of companies that I feel are doing original work mm. and, and so forth. And and if because so if they're not you know taking a position here, you might see you know, more fast-moving companies uh, uh, sort of own that space in mm. a way. Um, I don't know if you have a comment there, but but no, it's a reflection I just hope, I've had. Uh, but if on a positive note, let's hope that if they have those muscles, let's hope they change their business model mm. a bit. Mm. And because I do think, I honestly do think that in time, and this time is very soon even those companies will have to change the way they design mm. and produce. And they know it because you can already see, I don't know specifically which ones you mean, but I have an idea. And I think even those companies are aware of what they need to change. Mm. So I'm choosing to be positive uh, rather than worried, but I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, we want to be positive too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's important if we're... An independent operation, uh, especially working close with with the industry as well. Um, I'm curious. I mean, 
I mean, you the the last magazine you worked on was Residence. You were there for uh, five or six years, something like that. Eight. Eight years? Okay. Oh gosh. I've never <laughs> been that long anywhere. <laughs> and previous to that, you you were with the Plaza Group, um, and the magazine Forum. In between, actually. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I forgot about that. that was a sh- shorter uh, period, right? It was. Right. Right. But I'm curious um, how you view your own. Uh, role in the industry because in a way I, I think of you sometimes like the sort of the Anna Wintour of, of this design <laughs> industry in the way that you f- it feels like you know everyone and it, it's no surprise given how long you work with this but you, it seems to me that you've you've really uh, you know uh, been considerate about creating sort of long-term relationships and you know some of the best designers and I can see from your Instagram you are you're friends with them and you hang out and I'm sure you have strong relationships with the the big brands as, as well um, it's more like a general question obviously sometimes you have to be an editor now you also have to be a you know businesswoman you're running this this business uh, um, uh, that you founded um but you're also a, a sort of a opinion leader in in the in the industry um how, how do you reflect on this and how do you sort of balance these different uh, roles i think um first of all i would say i've always balanced those roles because it doesn't matter if i'm working for a publisher as an editor in chief i still am in charge of the business model uh, or the business side mm. Uh, and the economy behind and uh, today obviously it's more personal because uh, I founded the, the 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 magazine myself but I've always had to balance those roles and I've questioned them greatly because uh, to be a critic um, that's not my job title but sometimes you have to be able to say things <clears throat> is that can you be friends or how how involved can you be in the industry that you are supposed to look at mm. But my uh, take on this is that I have such a genuine interest and my schooling is in design history as well. So my interest in design comes first, which means if I'm going to understand it and be involved in it, I need to be in that world. And that's also where I love to be. That's where my friends are. We have such uh, an enormous exchange of ideas between us. And I think I can give some to them as well. So that's been my first platform, really. And with it, on the side or on what I work with, uh, is media. So that's actually the balance I've chosen. And, and, and in that, of course, my relationship to people running businesses or or working as designers, I've known them for years and years. And, and it's not built on an advertising deal. Mm. So it's very different. And uh, it has given me so much. And it's that's where I built my knowledge on the industry. Right. No, it's, it's also, I know as an editor how hard it is to find these spaces that you cover mm. as well. I mean, that, that also is built on <laughs> long-term relationships. And sometimes, we, I mean, we don't do as much interior as you do, but sometimes when we, when I go ask someone, can we shoot at your place? No, no, I promised <laughs> Hamla. I'm like, damn, <laughs> you're always there ahead of me. But, but uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy consumer of, of your work <laughs> in that regard. Um, so one thing that that we do quite a lot is we try to look at sort of uh, where where these industries are going in terms of innovation and 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 tech and so forth. 
And I'm I'm curious to see um, uh, or or hear what what you think or what you observe because I, I have one little theory and and you can I'm curious to see what you think is that in the design industry is kind of is one of those sort of traditional kind of slow moving industries but it's also about design and ideas so it's it's also sort of it's it's an industry that's open for ideas and change from a design uh, perspective. Uh, but what I see now is, is there's both what, what I'm most excited about. It's both this sort of going really back to traditions in terms of materials and and try to scale back on uh, maybe these unsustainable materials that are are uh, produced far away and so forth. So it's, it's kind of like a scaling back to the basics. Uh, on the other hand, I see other types of companies entering this space that are actually not from uh, the design industry at all. Maybe they've created. We worked with a company called uh, Brainlit, for instance, that do sort of indoor lighting. Uh, you know, they've been for 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 several years very uh, engineer driven company. They get funding for being sort of like a quote unquote tech company. Mm. But uh, you know, uh, you know, in the end, it's going to be kind of like a lamp or or uh, products that are in our interiors so they enter this sort of design space from that uh, arena there are other examples a company called orbital showers that same thing they technology based on sort of nasa showers they save a lot of a lot of water uh, i noticed they were advertisers in the magazine um in in your magazine um but so they come into this space and then they enter it and they realize they have to be sort of design driven players as well because they want to con- they need to connect with the consumer uh, in that space do you see these two sort of movements as well and or or do you see others that 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 excites you i think it's really important uh, that you come from different i mean we need the innovation you were mentioning Orbital. There are many companies like that that comes from different industries, but they create something that will be used in hotels or in uh, residentials or, or, or private homes. Uh, and that's uh, innovative and needed. Um, then we have, of course, the scaling down and, and, and using more wood and looking, you know, is it certified wood? Can this be recycled? How how do we do it better? Uh, how do we uh, produce in a more sustainable way? Uh, they, they can go hand in hand, I think. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's one or the other. We need both. And perhaps they can also help each other. Right, right. So d- during the time you you produced this uh, magazine, obviously it was uh, it must have been in one way or another during lockdown. Uh, what has the uh, pandemic meant for you and your relationship to your own space or the space around you? I had spent quite some time home uh, before the pandemic uh, because I was on maternity leave. Uh, I obviously ended up spending even more time at home uh, and much more isolated um, with many children at home doing homeschooling. <laughs> it, it's been it's been quite tough, uh, that part, which it has been for everyone. I'm lucky enough to live in the suburbs and have a garden and live close to nature. So in that aspect, I've been lucky. But it has made me reflect a lot on how I live and like many others, I think we've all had time to think of how much our space and how we live affects our 
entire lifestyle. If you, yeah, it's obvious, of course, if you live in the city or in the suburbs, uh, your life will look different. But to what extent? And uh, these topics and thoughts have been with me greatly. And mm. I think in two years' time, or even in one year' time, we will see so many changes in people will change their lives. They, mm. they, uh, we see it already. All the the summer houses in Scandinavia being snapped up. Um, and the prices are ridiculous at the moment. Um, we will see more of that. We will, you know, I'm looking at, you know, where do I want to live in two years' time? How can I do this with so many children? Mm. Um, how how can I change this? Can I move country? Do I, you know, the possibilities are there. And I think that has, you know, that everyone has been thinking about this. Mm. Uh, in terms of furniture, I haven't changed much. Um, but I will because my back is aching. Um but it's mainly been that, and I, and I think uh, we will see effects uh, in architecture as well in, in the future because we need more rooms. We can't live open plan in the same way, which I do now, and it's, uh, it's tricky. Why do we need more rooms, do you think? I mean, if we're going to do home study more, if, mm. if we're going to live, I mean, we're going to work from home a bit more, we need enclosed spaces. Mm. Uh, we can't sit in living room, dining room, everyone studying at the same time. There's five 13-year-olds doing homeschooling there. There's me trying to work there. It doesn't work. So uh, in a sense, you also want to schedule your home in a different way. Mm. And now we will see that in, in architecture, I think. Uh, you you already have a couple of stories here in the, the first issue uh, that I think is uh, sort of evident to what you're talking about. I mean, you have... Uh, um, Jonny Andersson of Jordis Arkitekter, he, he moved out of the city, sort of became kind of like a farmer. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's also the couple whose name escapes me that, that has this sort of furniture uh, studio in, is it Dalare? Mm. Yeah. Sandemar, yeah, yeah. Atelier Sandemar. Which, what I think is interesting there is you already have stories here that are about working mm. remotely or mm. finding an, an alternative or a different way of, of, uh, of building your life with mm. your family, with your work that you want to do that's perhaps more close to nature or in combination with the city or, or nature. Uh, and I, I you know, remember when I started, I started my career in publishing at, the, at residence, but it was probably not when you were there. But I remember back then it was all about these sort of new apartments and this is <laughs> sort of, you know, it's all about the cool luxury and everyone wanted to show off their, their new space. And whenever it was about the countryside, it was about, okay, this is the, this is, this is the, my second home and this is for vacation. And so it was very sort of clear cut in a way. But now we see this more like a fluid um, lifestyle that goes back and forth between, between the country and, and the city. And work, work, and and free time. Do you have more stories like that coming up? Yeah, we do actually, because I think that's the future, and I find that I mean, isn't it inspiring? Yeah, you know, it's amazing, and as you know, as you said, that that has happened before because we all feel a need to change our lifestyles. Mm. So it's it's been going on for years. Uh, and we can see it much more clearly now and we will see it even more in a few years to come, I think. Our lifestyle and what is status uh, will have changed already. Mm. Uh, and these stories are really inspiring. 
we yeah we will definitely cover more of those because I think that really is the heart of the magazine to find, as you said, um, when you worked at residence there were this, the focus was on a certain type of home. We changed that quite a bit during my time, but but if if you're going to look at the tendencies in society now, what's interesting is really the the disappearance of the traditional mm. status and and uh, something new emerging and that's that's interesting it's not so important uh, what brands you're wearing it's also a bit i mean traditionally the interior design magazines are about places where we live and it feels like your magazine is a much a little bit more fluent it's not I haven't seen stories about office spaces. Uh, maybe that's something that comes, but I'm curious to hear uh, where do you draw the line in a way? Is it about uh, you know living in a, a sort of residential or will you even go to uh, look at how people work in a more general sense? We actually um, have no limits, uh, which is great. Um, I want to balance it mm. so that person buying it to be inspired by stories, uh, lifestyle stories, they can find it there. Those interested in architecture can find something there. Um, but I also want to visit artist studios and it, it can be high and low. It can be a very famous and established artist or designer and it can be a relatively young and unknown. It's interesting to see spaces. It doesn't really matter if it's a home. Mm. I mean, you 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 enter a space and you do something there. An artist studio is really inspiring as well. It says on the on the cover, Scandinavian magazine. How important was that for it to be a Scandinavian magazine? I think it's important to have an angle and a voice. I think uh, print media today, if you're going to do something, the voice is the most important. Um, but also the areas you cover, and it has to be clear. So we're not, we we're not. Uh, there's a mag. It says Scandinavian magazine on interiors rather than magazine on Scandinavian interiors. So that's a difference. So we we're not bound to just be here. Mm. We can cover uh, other countries as well. But our base and area of expertise is definitely Scandinavia. And I want to honor Scandinavia, and mm. I want to. And Scandinavia is interesting uh, in, on an international scale as well. So that's important. Those words. That's 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 interesting, and I think <laughs> th- this is where we. Um, um, I think our magazines sort of intertwine the most. That we're m- most similar, and we thought a lot about this when we changed our name from Scandinavian Man to Scandinavian Mind. We did this sort of sort of a brand uh, values, uh, you know, uh, revamp, and that was. A big shift for me because the, my previous uh, platform was about Scandinavian brands, which I I didn't it took me a long time to realize how limiting that was, uh, and the unlock of being a, a Scandinavian based platform can be about the world, right? Um, it, 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 I think it's important, and I think really the thirst for Scandinavia is, is huge out there, uh, but but I think what also uh, makes us, you know, strong and also makes us able to work on an international level is that we we are very f- fluid. We're mm. not just confined to our own uh, Scandinavianness. Mm. I think ev- everyone, every creative in Scandinavia wants mm. to also work in Paris or New York or, you know, mm. go out into the world or, or Tokyo or whatever. And we see that with, 
you know, both fashion designers and, and interior designers and, and product designers alike. Um, so uh, maybe I th- should have consulted you before. <laughs> <laughs> you seem very sharp on this. No, but I, I, I also want to show... I mean, if you open the first issue, there's not your typical expected idea of the mm. Scandinavian home, which for years has looked very much the same. We need to challenge that a bit. Mm. Um, so I want to show a much more multifaceted or you know wider spectra of, of what a Scandinavian interior is. Mm. And that's been really important to to elaborate on and and um, but saying that we will not just stay put in Scandinavia but with the pandemic we stayed very much put in Sweden for of the course. beginning so um, that will change mm. I'm curious about because you have a long-standing relationship with Lotta Agaton which is one of the most I, I think the most prominent interior uh, designer uh, uh, and, and stylist in Scandinavia and you worked with her on, on your of your previous magazines what what does your work relationship look like? Because you know she's your, you know, now we see her new home in this magazine, so that's 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 always fun. To I, fo- I think I follow all her homes throughout <laughs> the years. Uh, uh, but she also do this kind of mood boards, and it feels like she has a more sort of influence over the aesthetics, or or at least uh, you you go to her for 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 that. We have a long uh, relationship, as 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 you mentioned, and. We have this uh, kind of understanding of each other that when we meet, uh, we can we, we cover all topics. Uh, when we don't see each other and we just text us or speak on the phone, we instantly know what the other person means. So it's kind of a unique relationship. Um, she was, of course, going to be in one way or another on board on on on, on this magazine and. And initially, at the moment, uh, she's more in the board um, mm. that we're setting up. Uh, but, I mean, we will do exhibitions in the year to come. We have plans, of course, uh, both work-wise uh, on the side of the magazine and for the magazine. So we have a kind of a fluid relationship based on friendship to start off with uh, and then interests. So yeah, you are right. It's um, sh- she's she's there, but she doesn't have a, a kind of um, she's not part of the editorial team as in such mm. uh, yet. Um, but we're working with her. Yes, she's she's really important. I think for Scandinavia and for for so many brands, uh, she was the first one they ever worked with mm. uh, when they went to collaborate with the stylist for the first time. Um, I mean, the, this 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 is a market that has changed tremendously that the last ten years. Where ten years ago, many companies didn't didn't consult uh, an interior designer or stylist mm. to help them. So she kind of set the bar there. Yeah, yeah. she she really has. I'm, I'm sure she owes a, or a lot of other interior designers owe a lot to her. My last thing I wanted to get into a little bit, and I'm, this is just for for my own curiosity, but I think it's uh, I think it's relevant for how you, how do you consume this magazine? We talked a lot about the print product. Um, you also have a website. You mentioned in in the editor's letter there there are sort of exhibitions, symposiums, th- that type of stuff uh, uh, in the works or or uh, at least as ideas for for this uh, platform. Uh, how do you envision it growing? Uh, Slow. 
That's good. Uh, we're moving slow um, because one, we're few, mm. but also we want to do it thoughtful and we want to do it good uh, rather than. I'm sure we will do many mistakes along the way anyway, but rather than use speed as a weapon, we just want to do it thoughtfully. Mm. So we will do it slow. Uh, and the first venture uh, is the print magazine, which is a huge uh, investment uh, because we are our on, on our own. Uh, we have an online presence uh, and the idea is to develop that throughout this year, slowly as well. We're trying to find uh, a balance between becoming a platform where we can accommodate Swedish, Scandinavian, of course, uh, other nationality brands as well, but be a platform where the companies, the furniture companies, uh, news, uh, ideas, discussions, there's a platform for them where if you are an international journalist or uh, interior designer, they can go to that platform and, and find a lot about what's going on in Scandinavia in the design industry. That's important, especially now when we maybe uh, will enter a world where, with less fares. So you need a Scandinavian platform for the design industry and, and humblingly so, that's what we uh, want to be. Saying that, you don't, we don't want to become just a platform for news. Uh, we want to, to get the readers and to be inspiring. We need to also feature interviews and push great minds within the design industry and interior design industry uh, in Scandinavia. So that's why we want to move slow with that platform as well. We want to find the right balance of inspiring material and news because I don't model this on something that already exists. Um, so that's the second uh, focus we have. Uh, exhibitions and symposiums. From the beginning, symposiums were uh, actually more important than the online presence. We uh, wanted to do a lot of talks and actually ins to inspire people to change within that lifestyle segment. I mean, it would be great to listen to Johnny, for example, speaking about uh, Jordan's architecture and mm. their visions for for a new architecture uh, for the home. Um, and exhibitions, of course, as well. That's what I do a lot. I love doing exhibitions. I've done many exhibitions, both with Lotta Agaton, as you mentioned, but also with other interior decorators. Uh, and furniture brands, uh, that's, I have my heart there. So, but obviously these things uh, can't be done right now. Mm. So we wanted to do something for the furniture fair, uh, me and uh, Lotta Agaton, or together with the New Era, of course. Uh, but I think we're going to have to wait a bit with that. But as I said, the key word is slow. Slow. That I think it's a great word to end on. Hannah, it's been hugely inspiring following the, the launch of the New Era magazine. Congratulations on your great work. And uh, um, I'm uh, going to re be really curious about what you what you put out next. So what's the next thing here? When does the next issue come out? The next issue is scheduled for end of March. So mm -hmm. And that's for Scandinavia. So that you have to think 
another month really before it reached the US. Well, don't I know it? Don't yeah. I know? It? <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Erik Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.